1: Minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Wednesday, the 31st and final morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2018. Let's make it a great day today. If you've got kids going out there to do the trick-or-treat thing tonight, make sure they're dry and make sure they are safe. Uh, And that's the last I will say about that. Uh, Coming up, we have a loaded program for you this morning. Coming up in about a half an hour, a little bit less perhaps, we are going to talk to... Peter Kershner, how about that, a treat on a Wednesday. You didn't expect that when you turned the radio on this morning. Peter of course normally joins us on Tuesday, but the day got a, a day job got in his way yesterday, one of his many day jobs and uh, he was not able to join us. So he will make up for that with commentary today at 9:35 on Birthright Citizenship on the 14th Amendment, on the midterm elections, and yes, also on the synagogue shootings in Pittsburgh. Yesterday, of course, the President and the First Lady went to Pittsburgh to pay their respects. They were treated with hospitality. Even though there were some protesters there who are just anti-Trump, far-left progressives who had no interest whatsoever in the synagogue or the shootings, it was an opportunity to attack Donald Trump. And we're going to talk about that with Peter Kirstenau. Then at 10.05 today, Ryan Morrow on his normally normal Wednesday visit, talking about something that the Clarion Project is researching. Ryan, of course, is the national security analyst for the Clarion, Clarion Project. Um, support for Al Qaeda seems to be on the rise in U.S. inner cities. Not ISIS, mind you, different group, but Al Qaeda. The Al-Qaeda who brought you 9-11, the Al-Qaeda who brought you so many acts of terror in the days of Osama bin Laden and in the days of their support financially and otherwise by the Taliban, with whom we are still fighting in Afghanistan. But at any rate, there is a rise in support for Al-Qaeda in the inner cities, specifically among some groups of disaffected African Americans who are converting in inner cities all across the United States to Islam and to Al-Qaeda support. Uh, it's an amazing turn of events here. There's uh, Al-Qaeda's messages that are being uh, spread in the inner cities, and uh, they are being embraced by some who feel like they've got nowhere else to be anyway. So that'll be uh, part of the conversation with Ryan Morrow at 10.05. And then at 10.35, Rob, Rob Walgate returns to us from iVoters.com and the public square and the AP Roundtable to once again remind you how incredibly important it is to vote against Issue 1. To make sure that you oppose issue one when you go to the polls on Tuesday or if you go early today, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday. Uh, my wife and I, I told you before voted early. I, I say that not to brag. I say that just to encourage. Join us. Do this. Do not wait until Election Day Tuesday. Uh, the turnout is going to be astronomical, I think, in, on both sides. The lines are going to be extraordinarily long. If you normally get in line and figure, I can just vote on my lunch hour, you won't be able to this time. You're probably going to have a longer time to wait, depending on uh, where you live. So don't take a chance. Don't take a chance on getting stuck in a long line at 730 when the polls are supposed to close um, uh, on Tuesday night. Just go cast your vote, and make sure when you do, you vote no on Issue 1, which we will discuss with with uh, Rob Walgate uh, coming up again at 935 all right. I want to uh, get into a couple of other things this morning And I, and I want to start with the conversation we had yesterday on birthright citizenship And I want to talk about what it means from a legal standpoint and what it means from the standpoint of who is Supporting birthright citizenship and who is supporting a potential executive order to end birthright citizenship and Why now Uh, The first order of business here is to try to figure out what this means. Would an executive order given by the President of the United States actually mean an end to the 14th Amendment? Would it actually mean that the 14th Amendment is being repealed by executive order? And the answer to that is no. That is not what this would mean. The president isn't saying repeal the 14th Amendment, which was, of course, a very important amendment, as they all are, but extraordinarily important, particularly as it pertains to giving citizenship and recognizing the right of the descendants, particularly the children of emancipated slaves, uh, to, to, to be in this land, to be citizens of this country, to be full citizens, to have the opportunity. To, to take advantage of whatever this land that they were taking here against their will had to offer. It was a very important amendment. But the language of that amendment is also extraordinarily important, and this is what people, a lot of people are not talking about. Now, I fortunately have a lot of very smart people in this audience. I really do. I mean that with with all sincerity. I've got a lot of very smart people who, you know, kind of listened to yesterday's show and they heard my conundrum as I talked about what does it mean to be under the jurisdiction of, et cetera, subject to the jurisdiction of uh, the United States of America and how does this square legally. So I have a lot, I have a lot of very smart people in this audience. I also had a very smart guest on yesterday too, uh, David Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. So I want to hit this a little bit. First of all, the language of the actual amendment, the citizenship clause. And this, of course, if you have forgotten, I don't want to catch anybody off guard here. Maybe you were working all day yesterday and you didn't hear the comments from the president. You didn't hear what we talked about. But this all started as a result of a question asked of the president by an interviewer from Axios uh, for a, a long-form interview that's going to air on
0: HBO. And uh, this is the way that went down. On immigration, some legal scholars believe you can get rid of birthright citizenship without changing the Constitution. With you an could, executive order. Exactly. Right. Uh, have you thought about that? Yes. Tell me more. It was always told to me that you needed a constitutional amendment. Right. Fourth Fourth one amendment. You don't. You don't. Number one. Number one, you don't need that. Number two. I mean, that's in dispute. You could definitely, That's very much in dispute. Well, you can definitely do it with an act of Congress, but now they're saying I can do it just with an executive order. Now, how ridiculous. We're the only country in the world... Where a person comes in, has a baby, and the baby is essentially a citizen of the United States for 85 years with all of those benefits. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it has to end. Um, Have you talked about that with counsel? Yeah, I have. So we're in the process. It's in the process. It'll happen. This with year. an executive order, that's what you're talking about, right? Yes, that's a exactly. Very interesting what I'm question. About. I didn't think anybody but knew that, but me, I thought I was the only one. Jonathan, I've got a good rest.
1: guess. So, so the president says he has talked with White House counsel about this, and he says it can be done with executive order. And a lot of people think that means he's going to repeal the Fourteenth Amendment. The language of the amendment: "Quote, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside." And for some, that just means if you're born here, and this is what I thought, and so many other, uh, others continue to. If you're born here, you're a citizen. And they are ignoring the phrase in the middle of that uh, that uh, uh, amendment, which is subject to the jurisdiction thereof. And that's what I, where I had a lot of you know conversation yesterday. I also had a lot of conflicting thoughts on this. What does this mean? Do we need to do legal and ling- linguistic hurdles to, to get to this place where we can say, okay, illegal immigrants are are forbidden? are not included in that. So uh, David Ray, my guest from uh, the Federation for American Immigration Reform yesterday, uh, tried to bring some clarity to this on the air, and then when we were off the air, he sent me more clarification about the phrase under the jurisdiction, because it was my belief and my statement yesterday, not my belief, but just my understanding and my reading of it, that under under the jurisdiction thereof means you are subject to the laws of the United States. The laws apply to you. If you break the law, you can be jailed. And if you are thus under the jurisdiction of the country and you were born in it, well, then you're a citizen. And so we do have to change the amendment or repeal the amendment if we want to do something about that. That was my rudimentary understanding of it. David clarified to me that in terms of birthright citizenship, under the jurisdiction legally implies under the protection and allegiance of the US government. Not subject to the laws of, although you are, if you're in this country. I mean, if you're here illegally and you kill someone, you still are going to be charged with murder. But that's not what jurisdiction means. Jurisdiction mean, doesn't mean you are under the law, which I, again, in a very, you know, rudimentary fashion, kind of just thought that's what that meant. Uh, under the jurisdiction implies under the protection and allegiance of the U.S. government. And what that means is illegal immigrants in the United States are not under the protection of the United States. They can be deported to another country, their country. They are not under the protection of. We're have. We under no obligation to protect. And they don't have allegiance to the United States either because, again, they are citizens of another country. Thus, the term jurisdiction is the operative word here. In short, illegal aliens are neither under our protection of our government, under the protection of our government rather, because they're deportable, nor do they have their primary allegiance to our government because they're citizens citizens of another country. That helps a lot. But what else helps a lot is this. Those who wrote the language of the 14th Amendment, their intentions should be should play a large role in deciding how we apply that 14th Amendment in the United States today, or really at any time. What were their intentions by this? Did they intend it to mean that it covers illegal aliens to the United States? And the language recorded in history of those who wrote the amendment make it very, very clear that they did not intend that. That the 14th Amendment was specifically for American citizens who have children here and legal immigrants in the United States. If you are here legally and in good standing with the United States, in other words, you are not considered to be an illegal alien violating our sovereignty by being here, your children can indeed be deemed American citizens, but not the children of illegal aliens. Senator Jacob Howard, on the 14th Amendment, said the following. This will not, of course, include persons born in the United States who are foreigners, aliens, who belong to the families of ambassadors or foreign ministers accredited accredited to the government of the United States, but will include every other class of persons. In other words, the intention of those who wrote, the lawmakers who wrote the amendment to the Constitution is very clear the intention was to include everybody except people who are here illegally and and also to exclude people who are here from other countries in official diplomatic capacities in other words if you're in the United States as a diplomat and you live and work at the you know let's say the French just to pick a country the French embassy in the United States and you're an ambassador And your child is born on United States soil, you don't automatically get that child, doesn't automatically get U.S. citizenship. If you're a foreign minister or an ambassador from another country who just happens to be here on, you know, that diplomatic, uh, you know, in the diplomatic uh, system or in that diplomatic protocol, however you want to term that, your child doesn't get to be born an American, thus being given and guaranteed American rights and privileges. So yeah the President's commentary yesterday about this and his pledge that he's going to use executive order does not mean he's going to repeal the 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 Fourteenth Amendment and I had a lot of people yesterday bringing this to me on social media that's why I like you know i I really despise Twitter I really do, and facebook to a to a degree I despise as well. But I do like the fact that when the show ends at 11 o'clock every day, people can stay in touch with me and we can talk about these things going forward. After the show yesterday, some people said to me, Bob, if the president can just executive order the 14th Amendment out of existence, I have a problem with that because what happens when there's a new president who tries to just executive order the 2nd Amendment out of existence? And my response to that was similar to the one that I just gave now. That's not possible because, number one, we're not getting rid of the 14th Amendment. We are simply looking at its intent and its interpretation and applying it. It remains in effect. It just, we're going to acknowledge the part of it that says, if you're an illegal person in this country, you are not, your child is not going to.
0: I was working in the lab at late one light when my eyes beheld.
1: An eerie
0: sight For my monster
1: from his land. You know, I'm still a sucker. <laughs> I'm still a sucker for this song. Every Halloween. It does. It It, it grabs you. Who sings this, anyway? Who, who recorded this? Do, do you know, Samuel? You're Bobby Pickett. Talk about timeless. My goodness gracious. Well, as long as it's this time of the year. <laughs> It'll be this way 100 years from now. People will be playing this on whatever they play music on then. Can only imagine a hundred years ago when this was, uh, you know, when phonographs were, were were the thing or a thing. Can only imagine. Now that it's digital and it's on your phone, what are you going to do now? You know, in in a in hundred years from now, you're just going to tap your ear and going to have the song play in your head. It's uh, it's amazing. Anyway, uh, thank you for that little reminder that it is Halloween. I hope you uh, enjoy the holiday and have some nice times with your kids. I want to play this real quick. Then I'll go to your phone calls again about birthright citizenship. As we hear the American left savage Donald Trump calling him racist, calling him fearful of immigrants, trying to make America white again, and all of these other things. A reminder. Of what the most one of the most prominent Democrats of the last couple of decades said back in 1993 about birthright citizenship. That's right, it's Harry Reid.
0: If making it easy to be an illegal alien isn't enough, how about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? No no sane country would do that, right? Guess again.
2: If you break our laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child. We reward that child with U.S. citizenship
0: and guarantee a full access to all public and social services this society provides, and that's a lot of services. Is it any wonder that two-thirds of the babies born at taxpayer expense at country-county run hospitals in Los
2: Angeles are born to illegal alien mothers?
1: I think it's amazing to listen to Democrats back when they actually cared about American laws. I mean, seriously, because I can also play Bill Clinton on illegal immigration, Chuck Schumer on chain migration, Barack Obama on, on securing our borders, all of these things. Now they have just completely flipped. They have taken their party so far to the left, it is unrecognizable. Dan in Middleburg Heights. Dan, go ahead. You're on the air.
2: Good uh, Good morning. You know, I'm so glad you made that explanation on this 14th Amendment. Uh, I called you about a year or two ago when Trump was running and everything, and the subject came up. Right. And and I stated at that time exactly what you just stated again. You know, in your um, you know your analysis with that uh, jurisdiction, I was never confused at all. You know, from the beginning, you just got to sit down and read the darn thing. It's not that hard to understand. No stained person objective person would want to let all these people in like that there has to be a guideline and that's what these people understood in eighteen sixty eight when they did this fourteenth amendment and he they, and jacob howard explained it to you when you yeah. gave his explanation the
1: only thing i wish dan is that jacob howard and those who wrote it would have included that exact language in the explanation thereof in the amendment rather than you know just as, as side commentary and an explanation for why they're writing the amendment i wish it had been included in the actual language of the citizenship clause where yes. they say all persons born or naturalized in the united states and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens not including the citizens of foreigners or excuse me uh, the children of foreigners or illegal aliens who are in this country or foreign ambassadors and diplomats who are in the, in this country for their for the for work purposes their children do not care. Count as legal citizens. I just wish they had written it into the language. But having said that, we at least know their intent. And it's because of that intent that we can change birthright citizenship without actually repealing the 14th Amendment. Thank you, my friend. I got to run. Peter Kirstenau's
0: next. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority. On AM 1420, The Answer.
2: I would
1: 935. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer. And as promised, I told you we're loaded up today in a special treat for you. You did not expect Cursinau Wednesday. Uh, you did not expect Cursinau on Halloween. I can only imagine what Peter would dress as for Halloween. Uh, but, uh, Peter couldn't be with us yesterday. His day job interfered with his regular hits. So he is with us today and, uh, just take the, uh, take the greatness when you can get it. Pete, good to have you back, my friend. How are you?
2: Great to be back, 355 days to the first game of the 2019 World Series, which the Indians will take in five games.
1: Uh, When's the last time you dressed up for Halloween? I don't have to. (laughs) Very well done. I'll let that go there then I was just going to ask you because uh, I, I see a lot of people are going to these adult Halloween uh, costume parties and I think they look like the dumbest things in history of the world it's a, <laughs> it's a children's holiday let the kids have it if you're dressing up as something else at age 50 there is something that has gone wrong in your life sorry, it's just, uh, it's just a personal thing alright, Peter now you're an attorney you're a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights I want to draw more on the former rather than the latter when I ask you this question about birthright citizenship what is, how do you explain from a legal perspective, Pete, uh, the language of the 14th Amendment, which, of course, you know by now as you uh, pay attention to the news, the president has declared that he will use executive order, if need be, to end birthright citizenship. That does not mean repealing the 14th Amendment. These are two separate things. But the language is, of course, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the U.S. and of the state wherein they reside. What is your legal understanding? of that uh, of 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 the wording of the actual amendment, Pete, as it pertains to illegal immigrants.
2: I'm not going to be completely conversing on this because, <laughs> as you told me maybe about 20 minutes ago, we we're going to be talking about this. The good news is that the 14th Amendment is something that, on the Civil Rights Commission, over the last 17 years of my service on it, it's you know, right in our wheelhouse. We look at this thing all the time. We're always discussing it Friday. We've got a full-blown hearing not on this issue, but I'm almost positive we're going to be issuing, the majority will be issuing some kind of a statement as to their understanding of the birthright citizenship, as it's called, clause. Nonetheless, if you take a look at the language, this is not really as complicated as it seems, but let me say right at the outset Um, And I know listeners won't be pleased with this. I believe that if this thing ever got to the current composition of the Supreme Court, that President Trump's interpretation of the clause would probably not prevail. I may be wrong about that, but it's just my general sense about it. Why is that? uh, Because I think if you take a look at you know, first of all, we've got Breyer, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Ginsburg, who clearly are going to be voting in favor of granting citizenship to someone who's born on. American soil. I also think there's a fair probability that Kavanaugh and/or Roberts would join that. And I only say that I don't have any great insight. It's just the nature of their jurisprudence and the fact that they are less inclined to "quote unquote" upset the apple cart um i know that's not necessarily great deep legal thinking but if we had maybe another hour to talk about these things i'd go to into a deeper explanation well
1: well let let me let me let me read this to you pete i was i started to read it to our listeners before you came on uh and and i'll do it for you as well and maybe and just see how this kind of guides your explanation that you're giving us sure um when 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 amendments are 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 and written into the Constitution, when amendments are made to the Constitution, the language itself is what we are supposed to go by. However, right. I mean, there is a congressional record for a reason. Yes, um, and, and, and in the congressional record, as the 14th Amendment was being debated and, and was being decided upon, Senator Jacob Howard made very clear the intent of the, within the, or excuse me, uh, subject to the jurisdiction thereof, part of the wording. And this is right. what Senator Howard said back in 1866. The First Amendment is to Section 1 declaring that all persons born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens in the United States and states wherein they re- within their, wherein they reside. I do not propose to say anything on that subject, except that the question of citizenship has been so fully discussed in this body as to not need any further eluc- elucidation, in my opinion. This amendment, which I have offered, is simply declaratory of what I regard as the law of the land already, that every person born within the limits of the United States and subject to their jurisdiction is by virtue of natural law and national law, a citizen of the United States. This will not, of course, include persons born in the United States who are foreigners, aliens, who right. belong to the families of ambassadors or foreign ministers accredited to the government of the United States, but will include every other class of persons. So if we take the, 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 the language and the statements made for the congressional record by those who actually wrote the amendment, it seems pretty clear that what they're saying is, and what Howard said is, that this applies to everybody who is here legally who is not a quote-unquote foreigner because a foreigner is not subject to the jurisdiction protection of the United States.
2: That's right, and Bob, the the arguments are actually stronger than that and more manifold. Um, I just simply rendered my opinion as to what I think the Supreme Court's going to do, right or wrong, Mm -hmm. but in terms of how to interpret that provision, you go through, you know, we're, we're originalists and textualists as conservatives when it comes to statutory construction and constitutional interpretation. The language is actually fairly plain. And you just cited Jacob Howard, but actually I would refer you to, this, you look at some of the other drafters of the 14th Amendment, and I wish we had more time to talk about this, Bob, because remember what the 14th Amendment is all about, okay? It was the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to grant protections to blacks that were going to be denied to them explicitly by the southern states who said you know okay you may have emancipated the blacks we may have fought a civil war over this stuff but we're not going to grant citizenship to bre- to blacks in the old Reconstruction South, right. So what happened at that point is the North and abolitionists said, "Oh, really? Okay, but well, we've got the Fourteenth Amendment here. All right. Now consider this: that in the amendment explicitly designed to grant citizenship to lawfully born blacks in the United States, we would now, according to the current, at least leftist interpretation, would grant citizenship to." anybody here, regardless of whether their presence is lawful or unlawful. But when we talk about statutory construction, consider you mentioned uh, Jacob Howard, but I would refer you to Senator uh, Lyman Turnbull, who really was the principal drafter and who actually drafted a memo related to this particular clause. I don't have time to go into it, but let me give you a couple examples as to why the president's interpretation shouldn't be given the kind of short shrift that the left would like to give to it, and frankly, a number of conservatives would give to it. Um first you have the language itself and you just read it. Um, <clears throat> all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Now think about this. If the clause were to be interpreted in the way that the left interprets it, that is that anyone born here regardless to whether it's born they are born to a citizen or an illegal immigrant is automatically a citizen, you could have simply stopped at all persons born or naturalized in the United States. You wouldn't have to include and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Why include that? Well, it means something. And you just articulated how Jacob Howard interpreted that, but mm-hmm. there were a number of other drafters contemporaneously with when this was passed, but in addition to that, you had legal scholars who were writing treatises about this at the exact same time. So when you're talking about an originalist interpretation of what this means, you look to those source documents, those primary source documents. Thomas Cooley, for example, and again, I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my head, Bob, but I could probably cite you more sources, but Thomas Cooley, who was a legal scholar back then had would you know he had a treatise with respect to the law specifically address this and he talked about the meaning of subject to jurisdiction meant the full and complete jurisdiction to which citizens are subject you could even go back even further bob and talk about how um under john Locke and the, the theories with respect to the crown of England and citizens subject to the crown, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't have to do that. You look to the contemporaneous meaning of that and it meant full citizenship. It didn't mean people who were just kind of glancing through the United States, who were diplomats, ambassadors, tourists, anyone like that. It didn't mean people who came here illegally. It meant Pursuant to the 14th Amendment, which was designed to make sure that blacks enjoyed all of the rights of citizens in the United States. It was about citizens of the United States, lawfully present in the United States, fully subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. That's what it meant. Not illegal aliens. And it didn't mean that for a long time. The only uh, point at which it became more colloquially accepted that this was the case that illegal immigrant children would be granted citizenship was in the the, uh, the, uh, 20th century, and it became such mainly out of bureaucratic inertia, the various agencies of the United States, the so-called deep state, as we call it, began treating the children of illegal immigrants as citizens of the United States, there was no act of Congress. There was no constitutional amendment. There was no Supreme Court decision. The only Supreme Court decision that swerves close to it, and it's pretty close, is a Supreme Court decision that came out about 30 years after the 14th Amendment was passed. And it's the famous Wong Kim Ark decision, which has been debated forever and ever. You could go to uh, C-SPAN, the great uh, cases uh, series in which I've uh, participated. There's an exposition of this. But Wong Kim Ark doesn't address the case of an illegal immigrant giving birth to a child and the consequences to that child of whether that child has citizenship or not. It dealt with a subject of uh as i recall the uh, of china um who was present in the united states and that person was lawfully present in the United States. Understand that. The person was lawfully present in the United States. And during that period of time, you had the Chinese Exclusion Act. There was severe discrimination against the Chinese and a lot of uh, controversy about whether or not Chinese would be granted full citizenship, regardless of whether or not they were here lawfully and born here lawfully. But that case made it clear that if you were born here lawfully, that is, you were born here and the... Uh, uh, your parents were parents here lawfully present. Right. Exactly. Lawfully present, then you would be a citizen of the United States. Remember this also. For those who say, well, then that's a small leap to say that if the parents were here um, illegally, the person would be, or the ber- person born here, would be a citizen. This is the same court that decided Plessy versus Ferguson within about 18 months of. of um, Wong Kim Ark. The court, that said, separate but equal. So those who try to champion the argument that Wong Kim Ark is somehow licensed to grant citizenship to the children of illegal aliens have got to reconcile how this court, which is supposedly infallible in that regard, could have screwed up so badly with respect to Plessy versus Ferguson. But the bottom line here is, look at the original meaning of the text of the 14th Amendment, and it, it there's no other reason, Bob, there will be no other reason to have subject to the jurisdiction thereof other than to make it abundantly plain that the person who uh, is born must be born to a lawfully, present individual a citizen of the united states not okay. a legal immigrant and it's simply common sense too
1: p it is and and that was all very well and thoroughly explained um enough for me to understand and agree why would brett kavanaugh and john roberts not agree
2: well i think you have to look at um how they approach cases and I, I'm, I'm by the mm-hmm. way i don't know that they wouldn't I
1: know, I know. You. This is your opinion, and I get it. I get it. I understand. You know, because you you mentioned the word originalist at the very yeah. beginning of all of this, and 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 this is originalist interpret an originalist interpretation of the law or of the of the amendment rather, and and so I guess what you're saying is, is that Republican presidents have appointed at least two of the last three, meaning uh, Go- uh meaning uh Roberts and Kavanaugh, excluding Gorsuch, but Bush appointing Roberts and Trump appointing Kavanaugh has appointed a couple of non originalists.
2: No, I don't think so. I think, but here's my concern. <laughs> and it's it's a it's a concern that I think many conservatives have with respect to, less with respect to Kavanaugh. I, I'm just kind of throwing him in there. I think Roberts is the one to take we'll a We'll
1: have to do an hour on this another time, obviously, because yeah, you're right. Yeah, I didn't give I, you enough time to do all of this, and, it, yeah, and it's a lot deeper, perhaps, than I thought it would be, but go ahead. Yes,
2: yeah, it's, it's my gut on this, based on, you know, having, frankly, I've, I've read hundreds of Roberts' opinions in preparation for his confirmation hearing. But, Take a look at NFIB versus um, Sibelius, the Obamacare case. Ob- uh, Roberts has an approach as the Chief Justice that tries to make sure that there are no great lurches or changes in the law. He wants his court, the Roberts court, to be one that has some element of predictability and continuity. So there's no great earthquake in the law. For the last 40 years or so, it's been frankly, uncontroversial, and I don't mean it's uncontroversial uh, with respect to whether or not somebody should be a citizen if they're illegal, but I'm saying that it was not even addressed, it was not brought up, people weren't debating it much until Trump, frankly, brings it up and says, hey, wait a minute, I'm going to issue an executive order. He would like to maintain that type of stability, and I think he'll try to find a path to make sure that the apple cart is not upended. I don't know that. I mean, I right. don't know that. Bob. That's just simply my No, I, I, I get Take it. a look at the text, That we know that Thomas... Alito, Gorsuch, um, these guys are strong textualists. And I have absol- very little doubt that they're going to take a look at this. They'll take a look at the Lyman-Turnbull language. They'll take a look at the Jacob Howard language. They'll take the, the plain language of itself. I, I, I'll say it again, Bob. When you look at the 14th Amendment, it says all persons born or naturalized. And that says in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Well, why not simply say all persons born or naturalized in the United States, period? But it says right. and subject to the jurisdiction. They that, added that, that for a reason. Something. That yeah. means something. And contemporaneously with the passage of the Fourteenth Amendment, we had the drafters giving their opinion as to precisely what it meant and it's
1: consistent and that's and, and that's what I'm hopeful that uh, when this you know if this does come to pass and maybe that maybe maybe the president shouldn't EO this maybe it should be something that Congress does and actually passes a law saying this is you know the clarification and thus uh, children of illegals are not given automatic birthright citizenship and maybe that's what will have to happen Pete let me cut it there because I got to get to our traffic and I want to I guess I'm going to stay on this as it pertains to the election and I want to ask you you know obviously Tuesday is, is is D-Day, and uh, I want to find out if this was a wise thing for the President to bring up right now uh, causing a little bit more division and a little bit more criticism coming his way as it seems as though there's some momentum for the GOP. So we'll get your thoughts on that coming out right up on AM 1420 The Answer. The wind
0: moves luck in my direction
1: in South Euclid, we have an accident that's Green Road north of Cedar Road. In Berea, we still have that accident, Route 237 at Sheldon. Otherwise, we're slow in all the usual areas. This report is sponsored by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is simple, so you can understand the details and
2: be sure you're getting the right mortgage. Visit RocketMortgage.com today. Licensed in all 50 states, equal housing lender, MLS number 3030. That's your traffic update. I'm Jim Lucio for AM
1: 1420, The Answer. All right, 954. Thank you for clearing some space for us here. Samuel Lockhart is running the show for us with expertise as always. Back to Peter Kirstenau, uh, U.S., or excuse me, a a Cleveland area attorney and a member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Also the author, I cannot tell you. Uh, get uh, Target Omega in paperback, get Second Strike, uh, in hardcover, and, uh, the third installment is coming out very, very soon as well in that series. Pete. I want to talk about the politics of this now. Um, is it wise the president has the economy humming along 4.3% last quarter? It's expected to be between 3 and 4% again uh, this quarter uh yesterday we find out that consumer confidence is at uh, uh some kind of uh, record high it's extraordinary the highest it's been at least i think in 18 years since 2000 if i heard it right uh you know it, it, everything is going great guns taxes are low jobs are high and everything else now he brings this up he's already being called a, a racist he's always be, always be, he was going to be forever anyway but he's is he giving the the left more ammunition against him and against republicans who are running with his endorsement right Right now, just so, so close to the election by by bringing something up like this that, you know, that, that gives them ammunition.
2: I don't think they're giving them any more ammunition and the ammunition will be blanks for this reason. There's nothing the left can say that will exceed or add to what they've been doing for the last two years. In other words, they have shot all their ammunition off. And this is nothing. This is just giving them more stuff that's frankly not going to have an effect. They're motivated and they'll be coming out. And we don't know to what extent they're going to be motivated, although early voting seems to suggest that Republicans are extraordinarily motivated. Um, And we'll see what happens. I'm not going to make any predictions. I have no idea what's going to happen, although I do think that it's fairly probable we're going to be picking up seats in the Senate. And I do think that there's not going to be a blue wave. I think that historically it looks like the Democrats' Will take the house but boy there's a lot of good underlying data that seems to suggest that they could be disappointed on tuesday it all depends on turnout of republicans which will be very good and i think that's precisely why the president said it or i think there's two reasons why the president said it maybe three. First is i think it was a shot another shot across the bow to the caravan he's been sending messages to the caravan saying that you know when you get here you're going to be facing a lot of impediments it's not going to be like everybody else who comes across the border with impunity we're going to have troops on the border we're going to make it very difficult for you to get across in addition to that if you think that there's going to be a free lunch once you get across the border think again by the way if you think that you're going to have an anchor baby here i'm going to be issuing an executive order all these things i think are telegraphed to the folks coming up the caravan second i do think that there's been you know the Base has been motivated. The base is motivated by, in large part, because of Kavanaugh and because of the caravan and ancillary things like the economy, which usually is the thing that motivates people. And I think that has a suppressive effect on the enthusiasm of those voters who aren't necessarily rabid left-wingers or right wingers I think that people look at the economy, and that's a great thing for the Republicans and Trump. But what he's saying to the base is, look, I'm serious about this thing. I want a wall, and I want to end the prospect of anchor babies. That operate as a huge drain on the public fisc, but also change the nature of the country. We've, we, we are permitting people to change and challenge our sovereignty and then be rewarded for it by having an anchor baby here in the United States. The Democrats look at this as... Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of potential votes that could be extinguished if anchor babies don't have citizenship and can't vote. That's a big, big, that's an existential matter for them. It's a game changer. You better believe so. Uh, Right away, there's going to be multiple challenges to this. Um, I I hope I'm wrong with respect to my prediction, with respect to how the Supreme Court comes out on this. Uh, but I just want to be clear-eyed about this. I, you know, you ask me for my opinion as a lawyer. I happen to think that the there's a very strong, if not stronger, argument in support of the president who has plenary authority to issue an executive order. Look, he's in charge of the of the executive branch. And the executive branch is going to be implementing these things. The same executive branch who for decades simply assigned citizenship to anybody born in the United States. Uh, So he says to the executive branch, since I am in charge of the executive, this is how we will interpret. This is the executive order as to how we are going to discharge our functions in the executive with respect to this immigration issue. That's perfectly lawful. He's got the lawful authority to issue an executive order. Whether or not it it comports with the meaning of the Constitution is what's going to be litigated if it's litigated and goes up to the Supreme Court. And there are arguments, strong arguments on both sides. But I look at the language of the 14th Amendment, and I say why include subject to the jurisdiction thereof, number one. Number two, the contemporaneous legal authority coming from the drafters says, you must be or subject to the jurisdiction means subject to the full jurisdiction of the United States of America with no divided allegiances. You're not subject to the jurisdiction of any other foreign power. And goes on and on and on from there. And also legal scholars contemporaneously say that's the interpretation of it. But there is, you know, uh, there's the, there's, there is case law out there that suggests that maybe there's uh, citizenship for the children of illegal immigrants. So it's going to be a battle, no doubt about it. But I think politically, if I are going to weigh this and trying to be as dispassionate about it as I can, I think this is more of a benefit to Republicans than it is to Democrats. Democrats, uh, I'll say it one more time. You look at what the media has done. They have lost so much credibility over the last two years that people have pretty much tuned them out to a large extent. Uh, The media can say all kinds of things about Trump, but what have they not said? So I think this is the kind of thing that makes people believe that this is a principle worth fighting for because this is a president who fights for us.
1: Peter Kersenow, laying it out. I did ask your opinion, your legal opinion, and uh, and we will we'll talk more about this another time. I've I've read Andy McCarthy's thoughts on this. I know you have a lot of respect for him. I've read uh, some others as well. In fact, I sent you one during the last commercial break. So check your email. So there's a lot of opinions we'll on this from a I lot of uh, Andy McCarthy. What did he have to say? Uh, he similar to you. He didn't make a prediction on the Supreme Court, but he did say that if the president uh, tries to do this with an executive order, it probably will be blocked uh, because he, uh, while he, he does have as the executive or, uh, ex- with the executive power you just described, the ability to make the the interpretation of the uh, the Constitution, uh, a judge is going to challenge it or a judge is going to block it, and ultimately it's going to go to the court. And he thinks that the president probably would lose that. So uh, very similar to you, but that's what Andy said. National Review today. I sent you a. Different for one as well so check that out and uh maybe sometime uh, after the election when uh uh uh, things calm down a little bit we'll spend a little more time on this uh peter kirsten great as always my friend thank you happy halloween to you too god bless there's peter kirsten at on am 1420 the answer let's get news our friend ryan morrow next right here on the bob france authority